Remember the day that Zeke Elliott was the center? Snap of the ball to Prescott. Slant over the middle to Turpin. He's tackled immediately, and this game is over. And the San Francisco 49ers have earned their way back into the NFC Championship game next Sunday in Philadelphia by beating the Cowboys today 19-12. to And that was the final call from the voice of the Cowboys, Brad Sham, who joins us now on Sean, RJ, and Bobby via the Diamond Factory Hotline. Brad, what was your major turning point in this game? The second interception. I just thought that, uh, well, yeah, because that was the play after Pollard broke his leg. What became really evident, uh, not that we didn't know it, but it became really evident, Sean, to me, was that without Pollard, they didn't have a playmaker besides Lamb. Yeah. And so um, the second interception uh, was one that I, I just I, I don't know what he thought he saw. And uh, that is that's the kind of mistake that against that they're really good. They're really really good. they were better than the Cowboys going in. Doesn't mean you can't beat them. Um, but you you had to be almost uh, mistake free. You had to be almost flawless, and you certainly can't make a mistake like that in the red zone. It's points for you, and it turns into points for them. And so I, I thought that with of all the whole game, if I can have one play back, that would be it. Well, and the s- fact that it was immediately after Pollard, Pollard broke his leg, yeah. um, that compounded it. Were you surprised by Dak's game? You know, a little bit, um, but I, I don't know. Here's the thing. 49ers are really good defensively, really good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they only give up 77 yards a game rushing. So running the ball was going to be somewhat problematic. Um, I wondered if, uh, if, if Davis didn't, wouldn't get a little more involved than he did after they lost Pollard. Um, so some of what you saw – uh, was a result of not being able to get people open. And there's a lot of that that happens when you play that team. It'll be interesting to see him play Philadelphia this week. Um, I, I was surprised at the um, – I really was surprised at both interceptions, although the the first one, I, I just am not sure exactly what Gallup was doing. But, um, uh, but I was surprised by the interceptions. Uh, you know, other than that, um, I, I I thought that he, I mean, he played. You're going to look bad playing that team sometimes, unless you've got people who can get open and make plays for you, and they didn't have that. Uh, assess the the blame, McCarthy, Dak, Kellen Moore, and the uh, like the percentages that you put on each. Um, I I have to know more, RJ, about what. Uh, what they were trying to do uh, offensively, uh, like I always, th- I think that's a, I think that is a need. I you know, understand that's what we're doing, but I think that's a real knee-jerk sure. kind of a reaction. I, I, I want my offensive coordinator to get players in places where they can uh, make some plays for me. I want to. They didn't have Hendershot. Uh, and and he, I think he's a guy who can get open down the field a little bit. So, you know, 
They only threw at Hilton once. Um, some of that is Dak. I do remember one play that he threw the ball to Lamb, and it was incomplete, and we thought we saw Hilton open down the down the left um, hash mark. So some of that's Dak, what he sees, but it's really hard to be accurate in assessing responsibility when you don't know what he was told and what they were trying to do, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put it on, uh, I mean, ultimately the head coach is responsible for everything and the quarterback's going to get blamed. But, uh, you know, I, I would like to see what, what they were trying to do to get creative offensively. Regardless of the, the creativity itself, uh, Brad, did you think that, because this was uh, my contention coming out of the game is that it didn't look like they were even trying to press San Francisco vertically. It looked like they they wanted to win this with, all right, let's manufacture a run game with short passes, and and we're just going to try and take advantage of some things in the intermediate passing game. I don't know if that's they didn't trust them to protect Dak for long enough to take shots downfield, but did you see it that way, or, or did you see it differently? didn't feel to me like protection was a big issue. Uh, I wouldn't quibble with that, Bobby. I wouldn't argue with it, um, but, but again, I think Babe made this point when it happened. It's not an excuse because you have to make adjustments, and that's on everybody. But uh, you've really got two playmakers. And then when you lost one of them, you not only lost the player and his uh, individual creativity, but you probably lost at least half of what you were going to try to do in your playbook. So now then it's on the coaching staff to – uh, talk about a halftime adjustment that's uh, now on the coaching staff to try to figure out a different way to go. So I, I wouldn't, wouldn't quibble with that, but you know, we only had a half to see what they were trying to do and they were right in the game. That stuff can change when you, when you got a wide open game and you got a whole second half, you may get to th- some different things that it doesn't look like you were trying to do, if that makes any sense. Brad Sham, Diamond Factory Hotline after the loss in San Francisco here on 105.3 The Fan on DFW Sports Station. Was it a good season? Oh, hell yeah. When you look at everything, um, first of all, the the big backdrop for me is um, tremendous negativity over – um, how they went into even training camp. The people were very upset yep. that they didn't replace Cooper, that they didn't, and by the way, not without some justification, that they didn't uh, get Gregory signed. Um, kind of mad about everything. Um, there was negativity going into camp about Tyler Smith. Now, then you lose Tyron, and then you lose Dak, and you come out of it the way you do, you're in – you can't do anything about Philadelphia being that good, that you weren't winning the NFC championship, I mean the East championship, because that's what kind of year the Philadelphia had. So you kind of worked through that, got back to being a – playoff team that had a chance to win that game, even though they weren't the best team going in, 
Yeah, absolutely. I just think you have to, if you don't like the result, and I understand people didn't, but to me, you always have to be realistic uh, and look at the big picture. And the second straight year in the playoffs and the second straight year winning 12 games, that's part of the soup, too. So, yeah, absolutely. It was, was it what they wanted? No. That in the finish, was it, you know, did it come out with the result that even they expected? Absolutely not. But was it a good year on balance? Yeah, absolutely. Brad, do you think these were the uh, final games for Ezekiel Elliott and Tyron Smith with the Cowboys? They're separate cases to me, Bobby. I don't necessarily think so. A lot of it is uh, what you can do with the money. Tyron proved, I think, that he can still play. And so depends on what he wants and what the money looks like. You could, uh, at worst, theoretically, he could be your backup tackle on both sides next year if he's willing to do that. Or, I mean, to me, he proved he can still play. I wouldn't have a problem going into the year planning on Tyron being the left tackle and Tyler being the left guard again, like was their plan this year. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, That's kind of up to Tyron and up to them on what they can spend. Zeke's a different story. It's uh, painful. Um, I'm I'm just a big fan of his approach, uh, how hard he plays, how he leads, how he's grown up. But it's obvious that he's just not the player that he was. And uh, it's going to be hard to figure out how they're going to make the money work and what role he would have, even if he would play for whatever you wanted him to play for, what would his role be? Because I think we've seen over uh, almost half of the season that he clearly doesn't have the explosion that that he did before, and it's hard to figure out what his role would be. I wouldn't say absolutely he's done until I knew a little bit more about that. Um, there's a place for him, but it but it's uh, harder to find what his role to productivity would be. Uh, I want to bring this up. One more note about the game because Peyton said you had a similar reaction to us. What were you and Babe saying about the Turpin kick return? I can't figure out why in the world he didn't score. Look looked like he got up to that last level, and it's like he turned around and backed into the kicker, like he was trying to spin out or find a different lane. And um, that would have been a big play psychologically because it is a way to score. And I was really surprised that he didn't score. It looked like he had it. For the second straight year, we're talking about end-of-game operation. What did you think of that series of plays yesterday from – from from Dak taking on the D lineman to the back to back Schultz plays to Zeke playing center, uh, what what did you think? Well, the, the the I don't know what that was. The last play <laughs> that was that was something they. I mean, I can't can't even begin to talk to you about that. <laughs> Never seen anything like that. I mean, I'm glad I lived long enough to see that, um, <laughs> but I don't I don't expect that there's you, you we could ask and they could. If they were completely honest, say, look, this is what we were trying, and you could look at it and say, oh, yeah, oh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, that was just a last 
gasp. Um, you know, I'd like to have seen – it wasn't going to make a difference, I don't think, ultimately, but I'd like to have seen Schultz get his foot down, drag his feet there. But uh, I just wish they had used the tight ends more uh, consistently throughout the year. I thought they had uh, three tight ends, including Hendershot, um, even, even McEwen a little bit, but I thought they had three tight ends available to him most of the time uh, who could be bigger weapons than they were. I don't think any of them's Kittle, um, but I thought that they had tight ends who could be more weapons. It didn't seem to be what they wanted to do, uh, how their offense was constructed. So I, I'd have liked to have seen a little bit, uh, a little bit more out of that. I mean, you have to understand some of it in terms of criticizing the late-game operation um, you have to define late game and you have to just understand what the whole game felt like seven point lead n- never looked so big but uh, they but there were things I think there were things they could have done from the middle of the fourth quarter to to uh, help him out a little bit more than they did I think any more player shows uh, we've got a final show tonight, but I don't believe it'll be a player show. I think it's supposed to be Will McClay tonight. Oh, Whoa. okay. Let's put a little bow on it and see if he'll tell us what some of their plans are. Yeah. And uh, what, what what they think they need. Thank you for joining us all year long. I'm not going to make it some grand goodbye because we're going to keep bugging you consistently. You know where I am. Thank you, brother. Okay, fellas. <laughs> have a great day. The great Brad Sham Diamond Factory Hotline. Let's catch up with how the rest of the country is laughing at us. Here in DFW, final hour, Cowboys Monday, after this.